the JSA Clicks Podcast, the show where we discuss high-level competitive, casual, and everything in between. Your host is Jay Solomon, and now, on to the show. This is the JSA Clicks Podcast, episode Who Cares About the Number? We're talking about Canadian Nationals today. We've discussed the competitive hero clicks environment and alternative formats that are currently relevant, like Silver Pulp, possibly the only time that format will ever be run. I'm your host, Evan Owens. Today I'm joined by my co-hosts. We have Jay here, of course. Yep. And we have Caleb, who won. Hey. All right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you came up from uh, all the way from Oklahoma for Canadian Nationals, which is a ways to come. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, I came up there with uh, with Mike Eskew from Texas. He had messaged me and said he bought a ticket and asked if I wanted to go. And I was like, yeah, I'm off that weekend, sure. It's kind of a spontaneous trip up there. Yeah, and your first time in Canada, right? First time in Canada. Actually, the first time traveling out of country since I was in like high school. Awesome. How do you like Canada? Canada was fantastic. Um, Montreal, we visited um, the downtown Montreal and also Old Port Montreal, and I, I liked Old Port better. The Old Port's super cool. It's a very tourist-friendly, uh, yeah. great place. Great, Everybody's very walking-friendly, very aesthetic. Um, and you skipped the Silver Pulp on Sunday to do that, which I think was a fantastic decision. <laughs> yes. Yeah, spent the whole day touring. Lot. I think Mike had as a step counter. We walked like, I don't know, like eighteen thousand steps or something. Like something stupid. It was. It's pretty good. But it was so much fun. Awesome. And you learned that uh, French is not Canadian as the language, so that's good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we all uh, went up there. Um, a bunch of the Canadians, Emily and Jay and I and our friends from Ottawa, had a cottage that we were staying in, and uh, we met up with Mike and Caleb for dinner and drinks on the uh, night before Canadian Nationals happened, um, and then uh, hung out and went and <laughs> played some Heroclix. There was a lot of Heroclix this weekend. It was all in two days. Uh, and there was the actual Canadian Nationals tournament, and then the evening after Canadian Nationals, there was a sealed tournament, which was just three rounds, but still, you've been playing a lot of Heroclix that day already. And then on the Sunday, there was a Silver Pulp tournament, which had uh, a format of five rounds of Swiss, and then just whoever was undefeated slash had the most points at the end was the winner and go down, um, which I felt pretty good about. We just didn't really need to add more rounds to that tournament. <laughs> everything was fine there. Uh, everything was pretty well organized. Everything was smooth compared to previous years. And because it was announced more than three weeks out, unlike last year, we actually got some people who didn't, uh, who weren't able to come last year to make it, which was awesome. We had the full, I think it was 32 was the max capacity, and it was uh, it was totally filled up, which is great. Hopefully we can keep that going next year. And uh, we unfortunately returned to the tradition of Americans coming and stealing our national championship. <laughs> there were two years of Canadians winning it, but uh, out of that now. All right, let's talk about the actual tournament. So, round one. Um, 
let's talk about what we played, I guess, is the first thing. Why don't you walk us through your team, Caleb? Okay, so I came up with, um, it's the defensive, what's called defensive shell. Um, it's got the demon in armor equipped with the Captain Carter shield. Uh, Sakaar and Iron Man equipped with his cloak. Uh, started with Iron Inquisitor, and the not equipped. Uh, the Watcher equipped with pumpkin bombs. The original pumpkin bombs from Spider-Man Venom Absolute Carnage. Uh, Chip with the emotional modifier. Uh, the Charge Flash, not equipped. And then the Green Lantern Legacy card, Legacy figure with his Green Lantern ring. Uh, the maps I had were Wakanda, Negative Zone, and the Daily Beagle Press Room. And then I just, we, okay, I just think it's very funny. We chose the exact same three maps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, it's good. Like one of them is, uh, you know, wide open and, and outdoor. The other one's indoor and easy for a, you know, a Flash type team to traverse. And um, that, I don't know, Daigle, I never used the Daily Bugle. Same, yeah. Game. Never picked used... it, but it was available. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think I won map. I think I chose map zero times on weekend. Yeah, I think I did. Actually, I think I chose it once. Only two. And I, I think, think one of them was given, like, the opponent won the role, but let me choose map. Right. Um, yeah, so I only have one question about your team, which is, what do you think the Watcher brings to it? Um, so he was great with his eight range, outwitting, ignoring everything. Right. So it was very good for people who were trying to block their Spider-Man. So I just outwit either their special move power yeah. or super strength. Um, and then also the pumpkin bombs, letting him just blow up big uh, terrain without caring about the That's damage. Um, was very, very good. Cool. How, how often did the knockback on ranged attacks from those pumpkin bombs come up? I never attacked with him. <laughs> he just did outwit, perplex, and, uh, defend. That was his only thing. Nice. Yeah, and I, I guess it's nice to have the backup defend because you can like put them on opposite sides of the formation, and then if Elevated gets put under one, the other one probably still has the defend. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, so I played uh, a very similar thing. We came to very similar conclusions on what's important in a defensive shell, which is uh, you play Demon in Armor, you play Green Lantern, and you play the Emotional Modifier. Right? Like, I think those three things are just pretty core to that yep. style of team. And don't forget Carter Shield. That's also yeah, super of course. Demon. Yeah. yeah, Carter Shield on Demon. Um, yeah, and we're both playing those four game elements. I don't think... I think if you're trying to play a defensive shell, survive uh, Prime Spider-Man kind of team, you're playing those four game elements. Um, I played a little bit different of a team, though. It was obviously a little bit inspired by Caleb having had a lot of success with Demon in Armor, which is what made me look at Demon in Armor in the first place. But uh, I went a slightly different direction with it. Um, I went with Scarlet Witch because uh, I wanted to be able to actually kill things when they came across to try to attack me. Um, and then I had Demon in Armor. I had Carnage Silver Surfer because uh, between Carnage Silver Surfer and Sakarian Iron Man, I think that Carnage Silver Surfer is just much better at attacking into rune markers. Um, so I wanted to play that. And that proved really good uh, for the, the course of the tournament. I played Chip. I played Mad Jim. Uh, Mad Jim was there because... 
Um, I wanted the emotional modifier on the team somewhere, and also the angler is just really powerful on Scarlet Witch, so at the point that you're trying to figure out how to get the emotional modified in your team and you don't have another prime, you might as well just stick Mad Jim on there so that you get access to both emotional modifier and the angler. And he also brought me uh, Red Wing, which was super important, and um, the Soul Sword for Scarlet Witch, which uh, helps a lot with making it impossible for an opposing Prime Spider-Man to kill her in the rune. Um, if you don't have the Soul Sword on, technically it can happen. If you have the Soul Sword, it's just, it can't be done. So... Uh, I liked having access to that. Uh, I only used it like once, I think, but it was pretty nice the one time I used it. Um, and then I had uh, Felix Faust. Uh, Felix Faust is there because he contributes to the defensive shell. Um, they are less likely to be able to like outwit the defend on even an armor or something. And also uh, having access to an enhancement for my Garner Silver Surfer attacks was pretty important. And then Green Lantern, of course, uh, and between Chip and Green Lantern, having two sources of constructs made it so that I was deceptively able to deal damage to opponents from a fair ways back. Um, a couple of times people were surprised by me being able to just like run up and deal six damage to things <laughs> uh, where they expected to be a little bit out of range. Um, yeah, and I just played one standard object. Uh, we talked about maps already because Gail and I played the same ones. Uh, I played one standard object as well as the like L-shaped blocking and the two by two blocking. Um, and I feel okay about that, those choices. You really don't want to give your opponent extra elevated, so I didn't want to choose any elevated. Um, and then those two pieces of blocking are just pretty easy to block larger parts of the map off with. I do. My question is why? So does the instead of playing two of the two by two blocking, is it because you only had one, or do you think the L shaped is better than a second two by two? There are just some spaces on some maps where the L shaped can block things off by getting around transition squares where the two by two can't. Got it. Um, which is why I played it. Uh, I'm not sure it actually came up in the tournament, but I think they just do such similar things in general that I don't think it's a big deal to uh, be missing that one square because like you can always rotate it so that the one square is facing out towards your opponent and then mm -hmm. it's basically doing the same thing as the two by two anyway. Yep. Um, but uh, having access to one of the actual two by twos is also nice. Uh, right. I don't think you went over tarot either, right? No, um, I didn't. Okay. So I played three of cups. I assume we both did that. The defend one. Yep. Um, I played five of ones, the enhancement one, because opponents can't modify their attack positively anyway, so it's literally only a bonus for me. Uh, I played strength with, so that attack rolls of doubles are, are, if they would hit, are critical hits, which um, I did because demon and armor prevents my opponents from modifying their attack positively. So usually it's like only double fives and double sixes that are doubles that can hit me anyway. Um, which means that very few things are actually crits. Uh, this only came up once for the entire weekend, and it didn't actually matter, but it was very funny because it was last action pulse wave from Ed in our Swiss game where he crit me on double fours. <laughs> and he killed one more thing than he would have otherwise, but just killing the one thing that he would have without the crit still put him ahead on points, so it didn't actually really matter. Um, and then I played the Ten of Pentacles, the hypersonic card, because removing action tokens from Carnage Surfer is kind of nice, and I'm hoping that my opponents miss their attacks anyway. Um, and the Knight of Swords for uh, when I use TK, I can remove action tokens so that I can TK with Chip and then still carry the next turn on the turns that comes up. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, but did but did strength ever actually help you either? No, strength did strength did literally nothing that was relevant for the entire weekend. Okay, so it could have also just been a blank. That's correct. Yes, it, it was identical. The only effect of strength being there was that Ed scored twenty more points for his placement in the top cut. I don't know whether that was. Right. I just want to be clear that you didn't start like playing high impact arrow cards. Yeah, no. I mean, I expected it to be very low impact and just like slightly higher impact for me than my opponent, slightly higher chance of having impact for me than my opponent. Um, but it okay. just didn't matter at all. So go ahead, Caleb, with your so, uh, territory. So mine, there was a couple similarities. Um, I did, the, like you said, three of cups, the defend um, plus one. I did the queen of wands, which is the d6 uh, plus one. Mine are different because I used king killmonger. Yeah. Um, so I needed his d6 roll bump. So that's for him. I used the Six of Swords, which was my basically my throwaway. That's the in cap deal damage because Flash has in cap, and sure. um, it, I never used it once the tournament, <laughs> but have in the past used it to one turn a switch if she has no tokens, just outwitting her two rollouts and then go double in cap and deals her six and kills her. Um, so it's always that oh, way. That's pretty cool. Um, and then the Nine of Pentacles, which is the I believe that's the sidestep plus three. That sounds right. Yeah four people on my team that can sidestep. Yeah, I considered that one too. Um, I ended up deciding it just didn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. It's also nice for the, because if you have the autonomous mitt, like I can pick up, I did that a lot where I picked up a people, opponent's objects and blew them up. Um, so having that third step on sidestep really helps out. That's fun. Um, then my, I did two arcana. I did the high priestess, which is the re-rolling a D6 and yeah. then the tower, which is all misses or crit misses, which is, <laughs> Very, okay, very that's good. fun. Maybe I should have run that, actually. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think of it. Um, yeah, so we talked about the High Priestess, and uh, I said that because I wasn't playing Kill Killmonger, um, all it did was make it so that it was easier for my opponents to hit nines yeah. <laughs> for me. So I did not want to play that. But obviously very good when you're playing Kill Killmonger. Yep, it came in uh, having the reroll, and then the D6 plus one, uh, he hit a lot. So I was very, very happy with it. Awesome. All right, uh, let's go into round one. Um, I guess I'll go first. Uh, I also, did we say that I judged? Like, I don't think we actually did. No, I don't think we did. Jay had judged. Yeah, he... I... Go ahead. I mean, the store owner, Mark Andre, was there and, like, certainly answered some questions, but I was basically the main judge. So, yeah. yeah it's not I... relevant, really, for this podcast, but it's also worth noting. It's relevant to the experience of Canadian nationals, which we're talking sure. about. Sure. It you you had a you had a reasonable enough judge. Nothing. I, I didn't get any complaints. I didn't hear secondhand of any complaints. But if anybody has any, I'm willing to hear them out. But as far as I know, things went pretty okay. So. Yep. I also did not uh, have any issues and did not hear about any issues. I did I learn something. Totally. I didn't. Uh, I forgot about the whole heavy objects being retired thing affecting the plastic man objects or whatever. Uh, which is weird because, like, yes, they are retired game mechanics, but so are doors and windows, and we still have a map with those in modern. So, retired game mechanic isn't really a defined game term either. So, yeah, yeah, it's just a little bit of wonkiness. I would not have been able to tell you whether they were still heavy objects, despite heavy objects no longer existing. To be honest. So, do they still allow you to use the doors and windows as they were, or do they just are they just kind of ignored now? No, no, they 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 work as is. Petunias is, is about to rotate, but they're uh, yeah, they still exist. I mean, 
They are, they, they, it's a pretty good map, so yeah. Keep and Petunia's would be such a weird map if all the doors and windows were just blocking. <laughs> yeah. You'd have so. to, like, break it to get into the middle, to, into the room at all. That'd be so funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, pretty glad that doesn't exist. <laughs> you just play a phasing character and just stand in the middle. <laughs> I can't get to you at all. Yeah, that'd be very bad. Glad those still work as intended. Yeah, so my first round opponent was um, Geo, who made it all the way to the finals against Caleb in the end. Uh, we had a very weird game because he was playing a Spider-Man Prime team with Spider-Man, Sicarian, uh, the... Master of Evil, Swap, Venom, Magneto, Mephisto, Star Sapphire. Um, and basically the entire game was Geo needed nines to hit, and I had a prob or two against them. So he just never hit an attack. But also he was doing something really cool that I haven't actually seen a ton of Spider-Man players do, um, even though it makes perfect sense, uh, which was send out the Spider-Man, do a flurry, and then use crime fighting to just walk back to his starting area instead of staying there. Which, like, when you're facing a Scarlet Witch, you can't just stand there. Right. <laughs> you just yeah. die immediately the next turn. So that was really good by him. Uh, I thought he played really well, but he just, like, didn't ever hit two nines in a row. So <laughs> he didn't hit any attacks. Uh, but he positioned so well defensively that I killed a Star Sapphire. And that was literally everything that died in our game. It was, like, five turns long. Uh, there was three total hit attacks. I hit his Sicarian Iron Man twice and I hit his Star Sapphire once. That was literally the only three hit attacks made for the entire game, and I scored 25 points, and that was it. <laughs> it was a wild game. We were, like, playing reasonably aggressively. I was, like, in his starting area by the end of the game, but we just didn't actually hit anything. So uh, it ended up 25-0 to zero in my favor, which he came back from admirably to eventually make, to, make it to the finals. How about you, Caleb? Uh, so my round one was against a Logan Shaw. Uh, he was playing an X-Men team, but it was not an X-Men swap team. He wasn't playing Professor X. He was doing, um, I don't have everything, but Sky Tyrant, Scarab, I believe, um, Venom Magneto, um, Apoc and Genesis, both with swords. Uh, and he was having a prime absorbing man on the sideline. So we went to the, I believe we went to the Manhattan Bridge. Um, not for sure why, because he would have, I don't have that one, so he would have picked that one, and I spent the whole time trying to keep the shards away from each other, and he ended up bringing them in towards the end of the game, which um, ended up not mattering as far as the results, but um, he did use Absorbing Man to kill Saki on his last click with Picking Poison. Nice. I, you know, cannot wit it, um, because he's Power Cosmic, um, so he ended up killing Saki, and um, the legacy green lantern so he got 70 points and i got a total of 205 i killed everything except for apoc and genesis and absorbing man yeah i mean i don't know how your team's supposed to kill an apoc and genesis really I, reasonably i have to waste either waste flash and hope he doesn't roll blades or hit him with range and hopefully i don't know there's really nothing else i can do yeah um one cool thing that my team has against apoc and genesis is that uh there's a red wing on my sideline so I can just bring in red wings and just ping them. <laughs> yeah, with your precision. Yep. Yeah, which has been a lot of fun in the past. Uh, I used to do it with my animals team as well, which also just had a red wing on it. Yeah, that's the really... only time I've ever picked the red wing object back up and brought it back out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like Saki can't do any close because he only has a two printed. So rolling yep. out is really easy for Apoc and 
So I have to either pulse wave, but then it goes to a stop click and then I have to shoot him with range and he's got invincible and uh, Yeah, I guess you can do like pulse wave knockback and then pulse wave precision strike or something if you yep. have time, but it's hard to hard to have the time to set all that up. Right. And that's only for 35 points. So it's like, yeah, I really can't. It worth it. <laughs> and then if I do that, I lose the cloak because they put them on stop click. Well, the, if the knockback puts them on the stop click, then you don't. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, OK. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, technically knockback damage isn't dealt by the character. So. OK, I will so. keep that um, in mind. But still very hard to kill only 35 points. So I just kind of ignored them and did everything else. Yeah, that seems completely reasonable. Second round, I faced, um, oh no, a name I've forgotten. I'm so sorry to my second round opponent, who I faced twice throughout the weekend and still have somehow forgotten your name. <laughs> but I do remember your team. Uh, who is playing 145 APOC with Genesis and um, the uh, Emma from... Uh, Hellfire Gala, um, along with just a Hulk and a few other little things. Um, and just anytime you're facing a Scarlet Witch and you're playing 145 APOC, you're just kind of sad. So, like, and also, like, his team was set up to make, like, one reasonable attack, value attack, and I have a Green Lantern. So, like, an APOC runs across, makes an attack with an 11 attack, and I have like a 21 defense and just doesn't hit. And then I ruin him and kill him on turn two. And then uh, just sort of spent the rest of the game chasing all the little pieces around and ruining and cleaning them up. Um, yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't a super long game. Just a really unfortunate matchup for my opponent. Like, that's just the matchup you're really hoping to dodge if you're playing 145 APOC. It's pretty good against Spider-Man and stuff. It just really folds to Scarlet Witch pretty hard. So just a really unfortunate second round matchup for my opponent there. I wiped the team and I can't remember whether he killed anything. Not much if he did. Yeah, my I don't have a really easy way to deal with, especially 145 APOC or 295 APOC. I just have to... Well, 295 you can at least uh, barrier in, right? Right, I can go zero zero loss, guaranteed zero zero loss, or with just one throw attacks and hope you eventually get there. Oh, I, I don't even think I do that. I think I just just go for a double loss because if I don't, I'm guaranteeing losing or I'm giving us both a loss. Well, but you barrier in and then you just make three attacks and barrier, right? There's if no I have not a range attacks. attacks yeah, yeah. If you have range attacks, that can do stuff. I only have one person that I have two people that do three damage, and that's the Watcher and Saki. Um, Demon does not, he only does two damage, Ship only yep. does two damage, so yep. I'm kind of limited on my options. So it, it is possible, just a very uphill battle. Yeah, I mean, it, I think that probably usually ends up 0-0, zero, zero, but you might as well throw the attacks in and hope that somehow enough of them make it through to kill. <laughs> but see, the, the problem is, though, because he goes to his top click, he gets rid of my cloak and gets rid of my pumpkin bombs, so then I'm down 10 sure. points and automatic, almost. Yeah, automatic. that's a good point. Yeah, so that's pretty hard. I'll, Anyway, through. nobody's playing it because you get a bunch of zero zeros and lose, right. so well, hopefully you won't run into it. For <laughs> all the automatic losses, yeah. So, um, then with forty with one forty five, I just kill everything else and barrier in the one forty five and run. <laughs> yeah. Kind of yeah, I mean that's what I did uh, with my animals team when I was playing that as well. But with Scarlet Witch, you don't need to do that. You just kill her. Yep. Uh, I did find my second round opponent's name, Jean Sebastien. Sorry about that. 
he did score 50 points. To be fair, it was like half of the people there had like Quebec names. So. Yeah. Just because they're French Canadian doesn't mean it's okay to forget their names, Jay. <laughs> I'm not French Canadian. What are you talking about? I'm not racist. How was your round two, Caleb? Uh, so my round two, I played Christopher Osario. Osario. Um, he, let's see, I did his team here. He was running Scarlet Witch, uh, Carnage Surfer, Sakar and Iron Man, Mad Jim, Felix Faust, Chip, and Frogman. So we ended up going to the negative zone. I picked a map. He went first. Um, he, I don't think he came across and ruined me this first turn. I think he barriered in. I equipped uh, Saki and sat back, and then he sent over his switch and, and ruined me in my start zone, which I kind of expected. And my goal at this point is to use Flash to run everyone out. But the problem is Flash was double tokened when he did. And so I had to waste a turn to clear. And he used his Carnage Surfer to kill Chip. Um, I, re I didn't roll out with Killmonger. And he used both of his, or he, so he got, was up 35 to zero, and I ended up bringing in Prime um, Destroyer and put him on his side of the map, and so I got my only score points was from Destroyer shooting his commissioner, and it ended up being 25 to 35, and I lost by 10 points. Jeez, close game. So it was, uh, yeah, so getting hit by Rune from Switch and not being able to run out of it is very, very tough to deal with. So, yeah, and I mean, the team is generally pretty good against it, um, just because of Green Lantern team ability making it pretty easy to walk out, but when yep. you're when you're stuck for that turn, it's really bad. Yeah, well, the, the other cool thing about it is the Killmonger rollout and the Legacy Lanterns, both their roles are protected rune because they're just traits, and so I still get some defense against teams that rune me, but I still have to get out of it to be able to do anything with Saki and he still gets his bonus from his attacks and damage, but he doesn't get any yeah. power. So it's, it makes it rough. One time, one practice game for Canadian Nationals last year when I was playing Scarlet Witch, I ruined my opponent's entire team, and they literally just were like, ah, I don't know any powers, whatever, and shot my my Scarlet Witch twice and killed her. <laughs> I was like, oh. okay. <laughs> That'll happen sometimes, I guess. <laughs> well, real quick, uh, talking about a real fun game in Texas, when I went down there for the States, there was a guy, uh, Paris Gordon, playing Switch, and there was a, a turn where he had to decide, does he want to ruin both of our teams or run? And he decided to ruin everyone. So everyone except Scarlet Witch was in the room, and we just hit basically numbers on numbers. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I considered doing that um, if my opponent ran up to me with this team as well, whether it would be worth it to uh, ruin both teams. And I think there are definitely situations where it's pretty good. Yep. That sounds like a very Paris play. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun but anyways so i'm i'm now one and one with uh, an island score 25 points that game so it's not looking too good yeah you have to win a lot of games fortunately this was uh four rounds of swiss to cut to top 16 so you just needed to be in the top half of players which was doable still at that at that record mm -hmm. All right, um, and then we played the third round. Uh, I played against Jabin, um, who's originally from Saskatchewan, but living in New York right now, apparently. And uh, 
we had never met before. He hadn't been to any previous Canadian nationals or anything, but he brought a really cool uh, creative team. Um, he was playing Spider-Man Prime, uh, not with the Necro Sword because he just didn't have the points for it, apparently. Uh, Scarlet Witch, Hope Summers, Dazzler, the super rare Spider-Man that gives everybody adjacent to him wild card, mm-hmm. Professor X and Mary Jane. And uh, his general plan or at least his plan in our game, was um, he swapped out his Dazzler, giving shield team ability to somebody, and brought in Jubilee, going to the map where Jubilee can swap in. And then you can uh, use Mary Jane's Paparazzi plus Spider-Man to give the Paparazzi all shield team ability by copying it. And then they're autonomous, so they can take the power action to give extra damage. He goes to a seven. Yikes. Yeah, so Jubilee's just running out there dealing seven Psychic Blast, which is a lot of damage. Um, so he did that, uh, and he just absolutely murdered, like, I think it was my chip on turn one uh, and missed his other target. And I was pretty sad about that, but, you know, game's not over at that point. Um, and then brought in Spider-Man, but with between Emotional Modifier and Defend from... Uh, from my uh, demon in armor and everything, Spider-Man was attacking 10s on 19s and just didn't hit any of the attacks. Uh, and then brought Scarlet Witch up a little bit and made an attack and missed that as well because, again, you know, 11 on a 19 or something, just don't hit that all that frequently. Uh, and then on the next turn, I swapped my Scarlet Witch to the Angler. I made a boot I anglered Scarlet Witch up to one of the elevated portions of Otherworld Castle, which was within three squares of his Scarlet Witch. I runed. I used the boot to knock his Spider-Man back into the rune, used uh, Faust's free placement to place himself up on the elevated, which was just out of range, and hypersonicked with Carnage Surfer, and uh, killed Scarlet Witch and put his Spider-Man to last to uh, fifth click, and then charged in with the Scrappy Doo that I created when Chip died to put him to last click. Mm. <laughs> and that was awesome. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I think actually, I think I put him to click seven because he didn't have the flurry for the next turn. <laughs> Uh, and he just like didn't see the possibility for me to get both his Spider-Man and his Scarlet Witch into the rune, which was totally fair. That's like a difficult thing to spot, but knocking people back into runes that I've created with boots is one of my favorite things to do. So mm-hmm. I spotted that uh, pretty quickly. I'd done it in practice games and stuff. Um, and uh, at that point, he just sort of moved out with moved out of the uh, rune with Spider-Man and crime fighting but only could make one attack so i blocked it by using my uh green lantern to make my defense really high and then uh he maybe i think he killed one more thing with jubilee and then i wiped the rest of his team it was it was a really interesting team uh i think if he had like practiced against the style of team before and known that there was the possibility of getting spider-man knocked back into the rune he probably would have played it a little differently but uh he played really well so that was a really fun game against a, an interesting opponent with an interesting team so just around. curious the most common uh constructs you made with your uh, the most common constructs were i mean i made stop signs a fair amount at the time usually just one stop sign uh, so that I had the option to make a construct with the other one, and then I made the boot a lot, uh, and very occasionally, and, and sometimes a chainsaw was correct, so I made chainsaws, and I basically never made anything else. Yep. Yeah, I think I made chainsaw once, but most of mine were either boot or stop sign. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there are situations where you realize you want, like, a catcher's match or something, but uh, they didn't really come up in, in the games I ended up playing. Um, the other thing I haven't really talked about in my games is that uh, is what my Mad Gym plan was. So usually, turn one, I would power action Mad Gym to assign something to Chip, and usually that would be uh, Red Wing, and then I would move up carrying everybody, make a Red Wing and free action swap Chip to the emotional modifier and choose minus one attack. Um, and that just gets me a free extra outwit and, and a, a Red Wing, which, you know, the precision strike attack can be relevant but usually it's just an outwit that never takes an action <laughs> mm -hmm. um and the only time that i didn't do that where i didn't make the red wing was if i needed to switch my scarlet witch to uh, a soul sword on turn one to not die then i would just straight up power action equip emotional modifier i also had the necro sword on my sideline in case i wanted to assign it to carnage silver surfer but uh i never ended up actually really wanting to do that um, a lot of my opponents had access to the uh, Massive Evil chases. Oh, that's what I forgot on my second round opponent's team. He had Massive Evil chases as well. Um, yeah, so a lot of my opponents had access to Massive Evil chases, which just made the uh, Necrosword feel like a liability a lot of the time. And then I was expecting to be able to ruin my opponent's like uh, Spider-Mans. And if you're using the Necrosword on Silver Surfer, you have to make melee attacks where you don't get Psychic Blast and you don't get the enhancement off of Faust. So it just didn't feel worth it that frequently. Yep. But the cool thing about it is you're playing against a Killmonger. You don't have to equip Carnage Surfer and then you don't really care about Killmonger. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So my team really cared very little about Killmongers. I faced a couple of them and it was like, okay, you can be on Killmonger if you want. You probably shouldn't be. You should probably just be on Iron Inquisitor. And then I can just use my like Red Wing outwit, my Faust outwit, my Demon and Armor outwit to get rid of your Masterminds and kill you anyway. Um, because like the only people that were equipped were Scarlet Witch, who I was almost always ruining with instead, especially in that matchup. And uh, like Chip and Green Lantern, who just aren't making ranged attacks. So... <laughs> Never really came out. The other nice thing about having Faust around is that uh, there were a few games where just like buffing my entire, because the whole team just has a damage of two. Yeah, that's most of mine as well. Yeah, so just like having Demon and Armor and Chip able to make reasonable ranged attacks was relevant a reasonable amount of the time. Um, we'll talk about we'll talk about it a little bit more in the next game where it actually came up for the first time. I think. How was your round three, Caleb? So yeah, I'm three zero at this point. I'm locked for the top cut uh i have quite a few points as well so my, my fourth round didn't really matter but mm, mine did yeah. um so uh <laughs> up three was against a guy named matthew ryan uh, he was yeah. playing non-theme stuff uh sky tyrant seki sakari nightmare with i believe i don't think he had the cloak because he's got hulk prime i don't remember which one had the cloak uh commissioner chip and maggot um we went to wakanda i believe i picked the map and the only things he could KO were the Flash and Legacy Green Lantern and I everyone everything else on his team. So I was 300 to 50, which was my saving grace because I was low points. And yeah, you needed those points for sure, right? I mean, assuming that you had a chance of losing the last round, you needed the points. So Exactly. Yeah, no, so I'm right now plus one. Um, I don't know, three, five, like 550 points, two and one. Um, so... My last game did matter. I had to, if I won, I'm guaranteed in. If I lose, I have to score lots of points or I'm definitely not in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the format's pretty high scoring in general because there's just tons of Prime Spider-Mans around. So you just really can't rely on not having a ton of points. You're, 
it's uh, it's a little risky. Yeah. Um, yeah. So last round of Swiss, uh, I faced Ed. Um, we were both 3-0 at this point, so the results of this game didn't really matter. Ed was playing Sakarian Iron Man, Carnage Surfer, Sky Tyrant, Venom Magneto, Mad Jim, Molecule Man, Star Sapphire, and Colossal Carnage, um, which was the sort of like a lot of good attackers team that I was kind of hoping not to face. <laughs> Because I do think that uh, at least my particular version of this team has a little bit of a weakness to just like a bunch of really good attackers. Um, there are things that you can do even through Faust to potentially get around the defend and everything and make it so that your uh, your attacks are a little more likely to land and it helps if you have just a ton of follow-up attacks. Um, so I think this is the one time all weekend that I chose Matt. <laughs> Uh, and I chose negative zone. Uh, I went into the middle room and I just like blocked up the whole thing with a couple of layers of barrier and a red wing pog so he couldn't get in from the front. Um, Ed ran around back instead. And uh, here's where like I just positioned badly. Um, so if he ran around back, he had line of fire to my uh, my demon in armor to try to outwit the defend. Uh, I did have Faust, so it was only a 50-50 to work, but unfortunately I, I missed the Faust roll, so he did actually just get to out with the defend. Um, and then he came in with Sky Tyrant and just managed to kill my, because he had a, a Necrosword on him, he just managed to kill my Carnage Surfer, um, which was not good for me. <laughs> um, and I, and he brought in his Carnage Surfer as well a little bit. Uh, and this is where having Faust to just make things deal three damage mattered, because I just like, ruined Carnage Surfer and shot him with two three damage characters to kill him. Um, so at this point, we're tied on points exactly. Uh, we trade a few things back and forth. He, I get his... Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what I killed. I killed his Car Colossal Carnage and I killed his Molecule Man um, to be slightly up on points because he's only killed my Faust at this point. But he's like put my Mad Gym to last click and stuff. Uh, when we go into the last turn, I was just barely unable to kill his Sicarian Iron Man on the previous turn. I got him to like last click with one object left, but my only attack that I could make when he was on last click was with Green Lantern, because he was just the only oh. character who was close enough to make the attack. <laughs> so it was just a seven oh, attack. Yeah. I needed like a ten. I was like, all right, I guess I might as well try, but I, I didn't roll the ten. Um, and then he what just... What do you mean? You roll three sixes and deal 500 damage with I know. Green Lantern? Terrible. Green Lantern <laughs> never had an attack. It was awful. Really, I expected him to, but... Uh, this was the only attack I even bothered trying to make, obviously. Um, and I think I probably could have killed Sakari in that turn if I had played it slightly differently, or at least gotten him so he couldn't pick a power, because I moved Faust out, the, out of the way because I needed to to be able to see for uh, a TK, but I just like hadn't thought my turn through well enough because I didn't realize that I would even possibly be able to kill Sakari in that turn. So if I'd made the attack with Faust before I moved him out of the way, I mean, it would have been a 10 and an 18 or something. So it wouldn't have been a huge chance, but better than a seven on a 17. Um, then I would have had a slightly better chance to kill Sicarian, but uh, I didn't quite get there. Um, and then uh, he outwitted the outwit that I used to outwit Pulse Wave, picked Pulse Wave and rolled the double fours on strike to crit. But my Mad Gym was on last click anyway. So uh, he would have killed the Mad Gym to be ahead on points. This just also killed Faust and Green Lantern. So he got more points. Oof. And this was literally last action. <laughs> so that was a fun game. Uh, it was pretty close. Uh, he played it really well. Um, I, I do think that 
this particular style of build was something that I was really hoping to avoid facing. Uh, and I thought that people would be less likely to bring this style because there was so much Spider-Man running around, which I think kills it pretty easily. Um, if they can just like kill your Silver Surfer and your Sky Tyrant on turn one, then you're in a lot of trouble. But uh, I'm sure Ed is a great player, so I'm sure he had a plan for that. I just didn't see it because I never saw him face Spider-Man. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I lost that one, but I was still three and one with a ton of points. So I was totally fine going into the cut, but I did end up like seventh seed or something, uh, which ended up mattering for reasons I'll explain later. What, what was your last <laughs> round like, Caleb? Uh, so I played a guy named Benjamin Roderick. He was doing a non-theme. First time I've ever played against this figure, a Batman Catwoman Ali. Oh, yeah. Um, that figure's then... always looked like it should be good, but I've never put it on a team. <laughs> So he was very – he used it for, you know, you get double prob, double outweight if you're in yeah. smoke, and so that came in a lot. Uh, did he have the utility belt on it? Did. Uh, well, actually, I think the belt was on World's Finest, but oh, either okay. way, um, he had the smoke coming out from somewhere. I can't remember which one it was on. Um, then he had the Saint Walker at low, Commissioner. He had World's Finest at low, Carnage uh, Retail, Polaris, the free TK one, and then uh, Prime Spider-Man. Um, so I've practiced a lot against World's Finest, but I've never played it with this defensive team. Um, I knew that he can get his free attacks and hit real hard, and if he does hit, I'm kind of screwed. Um, so uh, we ended up going to let's see what map did we go to? He picks oh he picked a map that had a bunch of like elevated and level two, and I I don't it was a two by two, but I don't remember which one it was. Um, so I move up on my first turn, kind of the. No, my first turn I stay back because I have first turn immunity. I put Zaki. He does kind of some defensive positioning and puts his prime Spider-Man in the back, and then I move up and I kill Polaris because I thought taking away his free TK would be nice. Um, and then I outwit his prime Spider-Man super strength. That way he can't drop the elevated under my figures and break up my Killmonger defense. Um, I also flipped over the D6 plus one tarot card, so I thought my chances are pretty good to survive. And between his next turn, World's Finest and Spider-Man attacked me five times. I missed three of my five rollouts on Killmonger. Oh, no. And so he killed, on that turn, Demon in Armor and Chip. So he got his attacks back, and I lost my only prob on my team. So very, very not looking good. Um, I think on that next turn, I was able to kill. I killed, like, his Batman and Carnage. Um I don't remember what else. Um, just trying to read through my notes here. Uh, ended up being to the uh, the end of the game. We added up, and I lost one thirty to one forty. I lost by ten points because Spider Man kept killing all my items and um, put him barely up on points. So, so I assume your heart is beating very quickly at this point. Yes. Well, not even that. I just kind of gave up, and I was like, "Well, I'm two and two. I don't have a ton of points. Like, I'm probably not in." I was telling Mike because he was. I think he was two and one at this point. I was like, yeah, I'm in the, I mean, I'll stay and watch it. It's no problem, but I'm, I'm definitely not going to make it in. So um, good luck in your top 16. And then uh, they add up the points, and I don't remember exactly what place I then I was in the uh, the bottom half. I I think I was like ninth or 10th, maybe 11th. I don't know. It was not very good. But apparently not a ton of people scored a ton of points, so you got but there. I made, yeah, but I made the cut, so uh, I sneaked in with two and two. Which is great because uh, you turned it around after the cut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was a cut to top 16. Uh, so there's still a lot of hero clicks to play at this point in the day. Um, we did. We started super early. I guess that's the thing we didn't mention. This this tournament started at like nine or something. So we yeah. all had to 
be there extremely early. We're we're all used to more leisurely starting times of like eleven or something, but uh, we did we did have to get up a little earlier for this one. Unfortunately. Yeah, it was kind of early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, with the number of rounds being run, that meant that it finished at a reasonable time of day, which was kind of nice. But uh, yeah, it also was very early. Um, so we did get a lunch break, which was nice. Uh, I've been to too many tournaments where I just like haven't eaten anything all day. So at least having the ability to get some food was good. Um, and then we went into the top 16 where I faced John Hafford. Uh, and John was playing. I have it open here. John was playing a uh, X-Men swap team with APOC Genesis, the um, Hellfire Gala, Emma Frost, uh, Mephisto, Professor X, of course. He was playing Sinestro from Wonder Woman 80th with the Indigo Tribe ring. Um, I still don't totally understand why that was a figure that was on the team. It's like a fine figure. I, I guess it's just one of the few... I mean, it's one of the few uh, figures that can make constructs that can be added to the X-Men for now. So this, I, I assume this will probably get swapped out for like the Korean Warrior. It's the only legal. infinite stop sign. So, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, the the figure's quite good. He's so an okay figure. It's like, not I something that I'd seen like, at all, so I didn't expect like, to see it. Like, I mean, Green Lan- I mean he, I don't know, Green Lantern's 20 points and does whatever, and he's 50 points. Like, he does a couple things. Like, he's not the I mean, obviously no, he's, he's not as good as Chip, but, like, or, yep. like, other things. But, but Chip okay can't be on the X-Men, so. Yeah, I guess it's just the only contract maker that can really reasonably be on the X-Men is probably... I mean, like, what, Guy Gardner's a warrior, too, but, like... Yeah, but, like, Guy Gardner just isn't very good, so... I I support Sinestro over Guy Gardner. Uh, He has the free Naka character back, one square in the direction of your choice, which is nice free damage. When you combine it with the boot, you can just kill things that are two clicks long yourself. Like, he does some stuff. Uh, I just didn't expect to see him on this style of team, but uh, he is... He definitely does some interesting things. Uh, and then he was playing the uh, Master Beef Swap. Um, and also uh, an interesting thing that we didn't see much of was he was playing one of the Plastic Man objects. He was playing the Nifty Traffic Barrel, uh, the one that says no improved movement abilities within four. Um, had a Destroyer on his sideline and a bunch of swap stuff that he didn't really make that much use of against me. Uh, he just swapped into the 25-point Retaliator Magneto against me. And I'm pretty sure he left... No, he must have swapped the Mephisto and brought it back in, but I actually can't remember what he brought in as well. Um, the version of his team build sheet that I have is from uh, states that he played, um, so it, and doesn't even have that Magneto that he definitely brought in on it, so I don't know for sure exactly what was on his sideline for this event, um, but I assume that he brought something in uh, as well, because there's no reason not to. Um, and I just sort of moved up the middle of the map because I didn't feel particularly threatened by his offensive capability, and he ran forward with Sinestro and knocked Green Lantern back away from me, so he would only have a 17 defense, and then uh, knocked him back into a wall with a boot and uh, tried to hit him with the boot, but the boot had a 9 attack, and I used his trait, so it needed like a 10 to hit and didn't hit, and then uh, Apoc came in and tried to make an attack and also had a 9 attack and needed an 8 to hit, and I probed it so he didn't hit, and then uh, that was sort of the entire turn. Um, and I just, I didn't even bother ruining. I just ran forward and shot his Emma and his uh, Magneto, and then used Faust plus Carnage Surfer to kill his Sinestro, and uh, I think I think 
Carnage Surfer was the one that killed Magneto, actually. I crit the Sinestro, which killed him exactly, so I would have needed one to deal one more damage to him with the uh, second free attack from Carnage Surfer if I hadn't made that crit, but it didn't really matter, I don't think. Um, and just sort of cleared out a lot of his team on that one turn. Um, he stole the Emma left uh, and the Genesis and the APOC, but when Genesis and APOC have nine attacks and you have some probs on your team and you usually have like 19 defenses, they're just not actually doing that much. So he made a bunch of attacks. Uh, I think he he hit some attacks with, he like swapped into Black Skull and he hit one attack on Scarlet Witch to bring her to her click above her stop click. And then I killed the Black Skull the next turn and spent a while cleaning up the APOC and the Genesis and the Destroyer. Um, but uh, cleared it all out eventually. Um, just like not quite enough offensive potential on this team to reasonably clear up my team. Uh, I think it probably has very good matchups, but just like the attack values weren't great, didn't have a ton of support powers, so didn't do all that well into mine. That got me through the top 16 to top 8. How was your top 16 kill? So my top 16 opponent was ironically the same person I played in my round 4, was Benjamin Roderick again. Um, this time on the map roll, I won the map roll, and so I decided I wanted to take him to negative zone, so he didn't get his Batman trait to kick in, plus negative zone is my go-to map. Uh, so I went second, he went first. Um, his first turn, he moved up everyone except, I believe, Carnage, Surf, or Carnage uh, Retail was still in first turn immunity, but he kind of went behind the big room in the middle and put up some barrier or hid behind, maybe it was my blocking up. Usually I put blocking in front of the opponent's starting area on negative zone and they have to either destroy it or deal with it. Otherwise it's just there in the face. Uh, so then my first turn, um, or my, I guess technically my second, no, it was my first turn. I equipped Saki and then ran all the way over there to try to kill his Batman with the chainsaw um, to put me up at least on points and to get in his face. And the chainsaw, this is the only time I created a chainsaw the whole day. Um, hit the first one, I rolled a blades of two and then whiffed on the second attack, and I probed it and missed, and so I killed nothing on my per my run up, and I did the same thing I did last turn or last game. I played him outwitted the super strength on Spider Man, and he which did does the, give a free attack to uh, World it does Spine, give World right. Spine, it's the free attack, which is a big thing. Um, but but I just can't let him do the whole elevated taking yeah. away. Adjacency. So that of the two, I figured that was the less um, less dangerous. Anyway, his two figures, just like the last game, World's Finest and Spider-Man killed Demon and Armor and Chip with Killmonger missing all of his rollouts. And so it was basically a rematch, like exact same scenario of last game, just on a different map. Um, so uphill battle, lose it. So he gets all his attack bonuses back. Um, and then let's see, the next turn. Uh, can't remember exactly when things were killed, but I ended up killing Carnage, Polaris, and Saint Walker. Polaris had picked up one of my objects but didn't blow it up, so I killed her before she could score those points. Um, then he was able to kill the Green Lantern and the Flash, and then I was able to kill the Carnage Retail and Batman. And as time was called, we added up the points, and this time it was 140 to 135. And I won that. <laughs> Wow, that matchup was wow. really close. It was, uh, yeah. There was so two games game. with a combined point differential of 15 points? Yep. <laughs> That's nutty. Yeah, so only five points. And um, so I had Polaris destroy the object, but he couldn't because he didn't have a moving attack. Um, 
then uh, he would have been up on points, but I wow. beat him five points. So I made it to top eight by five points. Wow. Yeah, you had some really close games. The moral of the story is Killmonger, if he does not hit his rollouts, uh, and if Demon dies, it is bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my Demon didn't really die early, but I was terrified of it always because the team really relies on Demon being alive. Yeah. I started I started the day, like, never perplexing up Demon in an armor's defense, and I ended the day always perplexing up Demon in yeah. an armor's defense. <laughs> That's my one takeaway. I've got Saki, and also I can make the watcher go to perplex that I will, he will be a 20 defense most of the time now because yep. him dying is what caused me so much problems. Yep. Yeah. Same thing here. Uh, he didn't actually die, but like the, the possibility of my opponent targeting him just like appeared in my mind more over the course of the day. So, cause like, you know, the rest of the team already has a 19 defense and they're usually getting minus one attack when they attack them. So as long as you can keep the demon alive, you're probably okay. Yep. Um, yeah, and then this is the reason why uh, me coming specifically seventh mattered was that my top eight opponent was Ed again, which I was not happy about because uh, I lost Ed last time, and it's just like almost everybody else left was playing some sort of like Spider-Man build that my team was specifically designed to counter, and I got the one person who wasn't. <laughs> so I was not very happy about this, but uh, it you know, our last game was close, so I still thought I had a chance here. Um, he won map roll, and he took us to the Morlock Tunnels, um, which I was not super happy about, because that map is just sort of always miserable to play on, even if it suits your team well. Um, and I just hadn't really practiced much on it, so I didn't know what I was doing on it. Um, so I sort of crept up the map, making some good barrier stuff so that he couldn't really get to me. Uh, but he was like, three layers of barrier deep in his starting area or something. And one of the things that I had thought of as a plan in this matchup was get rid of all of his elevated terrain with a fire hydrant and then run away a little bit. Um, but because we were on Morlock tunnels, he was able to hide his elevated terrain behind the blocking on the other side. So I just couldn't get to it to do that. So I just really didn't know how I was supposed to uh, stop him from putting elevated terrain under me. Um, the third turn when I moved up a little more, I did make a slight positioning mistake so that it was easier for him to place the elevated terrain than it needed to be. Um, I don't know whether it mattered or not because, like, obviously I don't know what he would have done if I did it the other way. It's possible he still had a pretty easy way to do it. I don't, I don't know for sure. Um, but I do know that, like, I placed my Mad Gym one square off of where it would have been a lot easier to, uh, a lot harder for him to, to place his uh, elevated terrain. So that was a little disappointing. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, he came across, he did something really interesting, which was he used his mad gym to give the emotional modifier to his carnage silver surfer and chose minus defense, which is actually really good against the team, right? Like you can't modify your attack positively, but nothing says you can't modify my defense negatively. Um, so having access to that piece of the toolkit from him was really good. Uh, and then he came and he put elevated under my... Carnage Surfer, um, and he attacked and he killed Mad Jim that turn, and he got Carnage Surfer down a few clicks. So I thought there was a chance still, but uh, it was going to be really hard. Um, without Mad Jim, I had no way to put the Angler on my Scarlet Witch because I'd left her with the Dark Hold so that I could have perplexes for Demon's defense because I was worried about him targeting down Demon. Um, and 
that meant that I had no way to actually ruin him without getting my team in it as well. So I had to just sort of make attacks into his Carnage Surfer and hope they hit. Um, and I just didn't actually manage to kill the Carnage Surfer. And uh, we traded off a little while more and he managed to finish off my Carnage Surfer and my Faust. I eventually killed his Carnage Surfer. Um, and I think that's all I killed. So it was like 50 to 120 or something like that when the game ended. Um, so I don't, I, I think like with the slightly better positioning and with maybe uh, slightly better prioritization of who to protect from me, I had some chance to win the game, but I definitely wasn't favored. Um, I think uh, Ed's team was really good and he played it really well. And uh, especially hiding that elevated against me in such a way that I just couldn't get to it to get rid of it. Uh, and I mean, this is where your plan with the Watcher of being able to outwit things through walls would have come in a lot of handy for me, uh, being able to outwit the super strength on Sakarian so that he couldn't do it anyway. But I obviously didn't have access to that piece of uh, that piece of tech, so I didn't have anything I could really do against it. And with Molecule Man on, on Ed's team, there was just no way that I could barrier that really kept me safe. Mm -hmm. Molecule Man's just really good. So that was where my event ended. Uh, I have now faced Ed three times, <laughs> twice in the top eight of Canadian Nationals. Haven't beaten him yet, but maybe I'll beat him someday. <laughs> Fourth but time. I mean, you, you, you didn't humiliate yourself like the other time. Yeah, so. I mean, the previous time I played against Ed was like the worst game I've ever played. I forgot to generate Walking Woods and charged a Wolverine off the map on turn one. So at least I played this game reasonably well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing to be ashamed of this time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I was kidding. No, it's totally fair. <laughs> All right, that, uh, well, so interestingly, uh, this this round they had to reseed it. I think what four times. Oh yeah, the they just got done. Yeah, the right. win was uh, not cooperating. Yeah, so like when you go to a next round in the win, you have to put the points that people scored in, but that reseeds it automatically. <laughs> so in so eventually, Jay just. What you like wrote up a paper bracket? I, I did it all by hand. Yeah, because like you really do want it to end up so that the first and second seed can't face each other until the finals. Like, what was the point of playing Swiss if it doesn't end up that way? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, uh, it took a couple minutes for me to yeah uh, write it all longhand, but it uh, we it worked out. Um. So in my top eight, I played the defending. Canadian national champion Emily. Um, she was playing a team of the prime Spider-Man, Sakarian Iron Man, with the cloak um, Iron Inquisitor was her starting um, MOE chase, and then Benamagneto, the Commissioner, and Mephisto. And so everyone knows the combo of Mephisto with the MOE chases just keeps Spider-Man going and going and going. Um, let's see, so this this one, uh, she wins the map roll, and she takes us to the dockyard, because she did not want to play on negative zone, which was a good choice on her part. Um, so her first turn, sorry, my first turn, I don't move up because I turn immunity, so I just give Saki's objects and do nothing. Okay, um, wait, uh, I, I just want to stop you there for a second, sure. because um, I've found that in the Spider-Man, Sakari, and Iron Man matchup, I actually just move across the map on turn one. Because they both have a setup turn. That's true, because they have to equip their Saki too. 
Yeah, exactly. They can't pulse wave you or whatever on turn one. So if you get close enough that you can make attacks on turn two, it it has worked out better for me. Um, a really good point. Of course, keeping first turn immunity is never a terrible thing. <laughs> yeah, because and the other thing is they have so the the one thing about commissioner is especially with the, with Killmonger, is if they make a rookie, the 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 rookie I don't mm-hmm. get my rollouts for that. Yeah, so, that's true for um, sure. That's that's the one issue. But you know I can use my Emotional modifier minus one attack. He can get out of it with his running shot or whatever. And if they're only making the one attack, then uh, oh yeah, if it's your green lantern helps as well. It's pretty good. Yeah. So that's a good point. I should uh, I should definitely do that. But so I gave her a free equip psyche, and I don't do anything about it. Um, and then my next turn, I moved up, and I tried to go in and because she moved psyche out um, enough to where I could make some attacks. I went in with Flash and also with the boot, knocked him back, missed, I think, all of the attacks except one. Um, and I think it was maybe the boot that did it. I don't remember who hit. Um, but I basically didn't do anything except knock Saki. I think she may have removed a token, so he was on click three with a knockback. Um, and then her turn, she was able to kill both Watcher and Demon on her first turn with... Uh, wow. Spider-Man. So I lost my defense and I lost my anti-attack <laughs> bumps. Um, again, big hole to dig. Um, and then I was able to to whittle down Saki with um, hit her Saki with mine and also Flash. Um, Spider-Man still was on click one. And let's see. I ended up doing like a pulse wave force blast with Sakari and Iron Man, and I was able to kill his Venom, kill her Venom Magneto. And the rookie, which is big, um, and then she comes in with Spider-Man to hit, and Killmonger luckily rolls out of it. Um, one of her turns, I don't she when she swapped something, she forgot to bring in Mephisto, so she didn't have um, him as a support. Um, also prevented Spider-Man from being detokened and healed because he was off the map. Um, and then I was able to kill his, sorry, kill her chase i think it was killmonger that i ended up killing um and then finally i was able to take out spider-man by getting him to his super senses click and able to outwit the super sense and then used um i believe it was saki to kill the spider-man it sounds like so a I close game up beating, as well. it was yeah it was, it was 300 to 145 but it was sure. it was super unlucky at first because i lost my two defensive <laughs> figures and then she was able to yeah um, missed missed a couple of her big attacks with uh, Killmonger, even though she had a 13 attack. Still, Killmonger just rolls out of it. Yeah. So I was able to beat, and I went, you know, won the top eight. It was three three hundred to one forty five was the end of that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there are some games where like you end up. 150 to 110 and it actually wasn't a very close game and there were some games where you end up 300 145 but one roll actually would have changed the outcome of the game completely so and for and remembering to bring him a fisto because you know that that's it's healing spider-man letting him take a token off giving does he he has what prob and outwit this is starting yeah that's right yeah so lots of stuff that he that could have been different but um Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I have no more rounds left, so you can go ahead to the end. Yeah, so top four, I went in against Ed. Um, he was the team you already talked about what he was playing. Uh, so, let's see. 
I win the roll. Um, I decide negative zone is the way to go, even though he's playing um, Molecule Man, I did not want to play on Morlock Tunnel. So I chose negative zone and ended up going second. Um, his first turn, he doesn't do anything. He stays in his start zone. And my first turn, I equip Saki and I move up into the side room and throw down some barrier and do my, my typical defensive setup as I go minus one modifier, perplex up defense, do two rows of barrier with stop signs. And then they come in and hopefully can't deal with much, but with Molecule Man, it's a lot easier because he just removes three squares of barrier and makes it a lot easier to get to my team. Um, but he comes in with all of his attack, with all three Saki, um, Tyrant, and um, I don't remember if he came in with Carnage Surfer, but he missed all of his attacks. And so it gave me a huge advantage. So I was didn't, able to go. Didn't bring Elevated in or anything, just tried to make some attacks. Um, so he did not, I don't think he could fit the Elevated in, um, or I blew it he up. He was I only playing one by twos, so. That oh, so, okay. But yeah, he just didn't bring him in. Then. Um, and so then I was able to kill his uh, his tyrant. Um, I damaged Saki pretty good. Um, so, oh, that's right. Surfer came in and killed a construct. So he healed one click by killing the one construct. Um, and then I was able to hit uh, Surfer a lot because I chose Battle Fury with the modifier and then Flurry Precision with Saki. Sweet. Um, which you know, that's how you get around his rollouts pretty easily. Um, I took out his Venom Magneto. Um, and then, so the points are pretty close. It's only 95 to 65. And he was, he picked with Sakarian. Um, let's see, he picked with the one of a surfer. He went hypersonic. I had a, so it, it I was still in that little hole, the hole in the middle of the map. And he picked hypersonic with surfer, time was called. And we both kind of realized with the stop sign where it was, the only person he could attack was my Sicarian, who still had his two objects, and there's no way that he could kill him because um, he couldn't run around my figures because of the stop sign. Right. So, uh, so he just decided to call it quits, and I ended up winning 95 to 65. Yeah, I'm a little surprised he didn't uh, do more uh, um, of the elevated or, or like pulse wavy stuff. Yeah, well, the pulse wave. I usually, if if they're not showing a Spider-Man, I always outwit pulse wave. That makes sense. With yeah, because I that's the one power I can't uh, let let fight. Yeah, I mean it's possible it was just like the stop sign with no improved movement, making it really difficult to place the elevated. Obviously, yeah, I haven't that, seen the yeah, actual could, exact position. Two, so, uh, I had two stop signs out, and then right. so he killed one, but the other one was still alive, and that ended up saving me at the end of the game. Um, so it starts says, Carnage Herper couldn't kill anything. Yeah. So I mean, tweaked out a win and got 95-65. I had a lot of close games. You really uh, did, yeah. Uh, I wasn't a fan of it. Uh, <laughs> Would have preferred to win by a lot? <laughs> but yes, I did not want to be uh, on just a few point difference. Uh, but anyway, in the finals, I played uh, Giordano. Um, he was doing... My first round opponent. <laughs> yep, your first round. Oh, yeah, you already talked about it. Um, so on this one, I... I win the map roll, and again, I decide I want to go to negative zone, um, so he ends up playing first. And also, and just again, this is the matchup that, like, both of us decide, basically decided that Demon in Armor was the correct choice for this tournament because this matchup existed. <laughs> right. Yep. So. And so, he, so we were both two and two going into top cut. And yeah. 
playing each other in the finals. So bottom seed. Um, and uh, anyway, we're on negative zone. Um, so I end up going second his first turn. He does some barriers and doesn't move much. I think he kind of creeps up, but not enough. And I just do my Sakarian typical given objects. But instead of moving up into the side room, I actually do two rows of barrier with two stop signs because I thought that'd be smarter. And then he does the same exact barrier, doesn't move much. So I decide, well, I need to get over there to get the game going. So I move up into the side room. The problem is my stop signs are already generated, so I can't do any barrier. And so he comes in and blows, he uses a Sakarian Iron Man to blow up a wall and then uses his rookie to blow up another wall. And then he TKs out his Killmonger, sidesteps into the room and switches to Doom. To Doom? Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, Pulse Wave Force Blast. Yeah. And, uh, so it was very, very, he did a Pulse Wave, hit everybody, I think, except the Watcher. And so he killed Flash, he killed Legacy Lantern, and he pinged everybody for two. Um, Good play. And, uh, it was it was a very solid. I did not. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was a very good play. And he had to like do a bunch of maneuvering and blow up the exact right blocking and stuff. It was very cool. Yeah. So he, he took out a lot of my good stuff, dinged everybody, and so my next turn, I just outwitted his defense on uh, the doom and um, ended up getting the doom chase in that one turn. <laughs> Excuse me. Which makes his Mephisto swapping, um, you know. Almost, unless I swap, it makes it kind of useless. Um, and then I just outwit his super strength on Spider-Man. And then, um, let's see, what else did happen? Well, uh, I did all that, killed Doom, outwit super strength. Oh, and then he just, yeah, then he starts missing his attacks with Spider-Man and um, his Sakari and Iron Man. Because if I outwit, Pul well, I outwitted the super strength. So he could have picked Pulse Wibisaki. I don't remember what he ended up picking. Um, and so the end of the game came down to his prime Spider-Man and Mephisto versus my Watcher, Killmonger, Saki, Chip, and Demon. And so he still wasn't getting his attack bumps, and I was still getting my rollouts, and he just kept missing his attacks, and I kept perplexing down his Spider-Man and outwitting um, nice. his move power, and he was stuck next to Saki with plasticity. So it, it, it was kind of a, it was a very uphill battle for him, and I did not risk moving or attacking. I just perplexed him, outwitted him, and cleared, and then ended up time being called, and I was up uh, 175 to 50. So yeah, was, I mean, the pulse great the start, but I guess nothing else really worked out for him in that yeah. game. So he was able to kill Flash and Green Lantern at the very beginning, and then nothing else because Killmonger's rollouts held strong. Right. Yeah, because uh, I guess came in with Doom Supreme in the first place instead of like Sakari and Pulse Wave because Doom isn't equipped makes sense yeah well he also had to use sakarian to blow up a wall because sure but you could have used one of the chases to blow up a wall and then he could in right like yeah, it's yeah, he could have done that it technically works but it's much worse because you have a killmonger so makes total yep. sense the way he played it no yeah. sounds like a good final the pulse wave I mean, he also had just come off of beating isaac so he, he probably knew what he was doing yeah <laughs> yeah i mean geo's obviously a very good player he was doing interesting things with Spider-Man that didn't see other people doing. He played Doom Supreme to its fullest, which I haven't seen a ton of people even playing. So, yeah, really good stuff. Yeah, that Doom is that Pulse by Force Blast. And I, and I have him on the sideline of mine as well, but I never used him because yeah. I just mainly am Killmonger and I'm Inquisitor. And I mean, you just back. like don't, I mean, you don't have like a, a Venom Magneto or anything, right? So it's a lot harder for you to get him into position. Uh, correct. Yeah, my only TKs are Chip and then uh, Watcher. And actually, Demon. Demon has TK2. I used him yep. a couple times, but 
I don't have Venom Magneto. Yeah, so I ended so. up, yeah, so then I, I beat him and uh, and then I, I won me the Canadian Nationals. Yeah, I mean, great yeah, team guys, Canadians, obviously. And they've had their own title. They've had it too good for too long. <laughs> <laughs> Two consecutive Canadian Nationals and then gone again. <laughs> um yeah, so that was uh, that was actual Canadian Nationals. Um, it's a well-run tournament. You played really well winning it. Uh, the top four included uh, both Ed and Isaac, even though neither of them won. Uh, so obviously a good trip for them. Um, and then uh, we still had more Heroclix to play. Uh, so they announced before this day started that they would do like a nighttime, like sort of casual sealed tournament um, to wind down and just hang out with people after the uh after the main event i wasn't really sure if i wanted to play it but i lost in the top eight so i had like two hours to relax and have some food before it started so i decided i'd play it um i opened like the worst boosters i've ever seen in my life like literally my only plan for this tournament for this sealed tournament was i have a rhino i'm just gonna perplex its defense up twice and hope my opponent can't hit to 20 defense that was it. That was my whole plan. Uh, it, it shockingly didn't really work. Uh, I don't know why. Literally my first game, I like threw a rhino into my opponent's face, hit them for four, and then they immediately rolled like a 10 and hit me and killed me on like turn two. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that, that's about what I expected. Well, uh, that's not what you want. No. Uh, also, Geo pulled the most ridiculous sealed team I've ever seen in my life. Um... His sealed team was Prime Spider-Man, Super Rare Carnage, uh, Mer- Black Cat, um, Craven the Hunter. Uh, there was a Perplex on there. I can't remember which one. He just had like every support power and also like the best possible attackers. It was just absolutely insane. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like my sealed team where I pulled Carnage. And Prime Spider-Man, and didn't even play Carnage. Yeah, that sealed team was also insane. But Geo's was put just over the edge of yours by having also the best possible support pieces. Just insane. Yeah, just both. Any, I mean, any sealed team with Prime Spider-Man on it is going to be insane, obviously. But just the rest of his pulls were also great. What did you pull, Caleb? Um, So my pulls were also very, very bad. I ended up going with a... Sinister Syndicate theme team, only because the points added up to exactly 300. So oh, I thought, it's a good feeling. Why not? Uh, my best figure was Super Rare um, Green Goblin, but was not the Prime. Uh, yeah, that figure just isn't actually that good, despite being a Super Rare. You mean the Prime? No, the the. I mean, either of them. Neither. But... Yeah, neither of them were good. This one, it was just... So it was more of a team where I was like, eh, I mean, I just played lots of Heroclix. My brain's not working, so let's just go have fun. Didn't really have high hopes. Um, I also had Hydro Man, which did the Pulse Wave, which was kind of cool. Yeah, I've had that figure in, in Sealed as well. It's fine. Um, it's really I hard to have... ever prob it because of the minimum range. Well, here's thing. the thing. I had no prob. I had, yeah. I think, one Perplex, and I had Leaderships, uh, but no probs. And then I had Craven the Hunter and Chameleon, and I can't remember the last person. I had five total. Um, four of mine had Rally Die, which didn't matter because i lost every game actually i didn't lose every game the two games i did play i lost um but uh i did not have a good game at all 
Yeah, so I lost every game. And going into the last round, Caleb and I were apart by like five points. Caleb was under me. And we were like, oh, we're definitely going to play. But then Caleb got the bye by having the worst possible score. <laughs> so got to win a game. And I had to actually play and lost horribly. <laughs> and our mindset was at least one of us won't win or won't lose all games. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and then I didn't even have to play to get the win. Yeah, like, honestly, if my team had had, like, an outwit or something, maybe it would have been fine, but it just had nothing. I, I I don't know. I had, like, Boomerang. He was fine. Like, I mean, Bullseye. He was fine. Like, you know, it, it was just really bad. Jay, you did play this instead of judging it. What did you pull? Oh, I actually had a pretty good time, all things considered. Uh, I ended up running uh, Kingpin Prime, Carnage, uh, and then I had all of the Whippets and Prob, I think. Uh, I'm just trying to remember now. Uh, I had Jonah for Perplex. I had MJ for Prob. And then who was Perplex? Was it the Moon Knight? I think it was the Moon Knight. And then uh, that one hand ninja that has, like, blades and empower. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I ended up playing a couple games. Uh, the ones that come to mind are uh, playing against Jocelyn. Uh, and she ended up beating me. I think I was just uh, missing a bunch of attack rolls. I honestly can't remember what she was playing. Uh, and I played against Caleb. Uh, unfortunately, I beat Caleb in the second round after he won Canadian Nationals. So I did not inherit that title. That went to uh, Steve, I so think, you right? You, you, yeah. It's the first round. I, I remember that because I mentioned it to Steve. Um, I don't remember, but I do remember when I played Jay, my opening attack, I did crit hit pulse wave. Yes. <laughs> and but still lost the, the game. <laughs> that's the only thing that uh, went my way. Incredible. Uh, my only, like, relevant, interesting game was I faced uh, Chris Osario in the second round with, like, a really interesting um, Sinister Syndicate theme team. Uh, where he managed to use Chameleon to give all of his figures team player and then wildcard Spider-Man team ability on all of them. Um, so all of his figures had a rollout on a six, which he succeeded on like half the time or something. Oh my gosh. I literally, I was chasing his Mephisto down. I made nine attacks on his Mephisto. He shape-changed five of them, making five pogs. I damaged him once. And he rolled out the other two with Spider-Man team ability. Did you say Mephisto? No, sorry. I meant uh, Mysterio. Mysterio. I did say Mephisto. You're right. I meant Mysterio. Uh, yeah, it was it was a wild game. I literally was just like, please, I just want to kill something. Just let me, <laughs> I just want to kill this Mysterio. He's already on second last click. I need to hit him with any attack. And just no. Just shape change super senses. There's so many Mysterio pogs running around. It was a fun game, uh, which I obviously lost horribly. That said, the prizing was like, everything that people had pulled and i just don't really care about that much of it so the fact that i didn't get to pick until late just didn't matter to me i ended up with a madam web that i didn't have despite going like almost literally last <laughs> they had a pretty cool so it was a um a draft like a snake draft from all of the people the figures pulled um and when it came down to mine so isaac his team was two different vultures um yeah. And I don't have a vulture, and so I, on my first round through, I picked vulture number one, and then when it snaked back to me, I picked vulture number two, because why not? Did you get Isaac to sign them for you? I did not. (laughs) (laughs) But typically when I play uh, sealed, I always, I've never had, when I'm doing individual sealed, it's always crap. I always end up throwing my pieces away because they're so bad, and the uh, trend stuck. I threw them away into the trash and never could be seen again. Yeah, I mean, I, I did not 
care about any of the figures that I actually pulled at all. Um, it was, I ended up getting you know, a couple fine. super rares that I just gave to Jocelyn because I didn't need them. Uh, and I got a Mysterio because the sculpt is cool. And yeah, uh, maybe I'll just put up a bunch of uh, Mysterios because he just never has a bad sculpt. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's the end of Caleb's tournament. Uh, because he made the very good decision to go do some sightseeing instead of uh, play in Silver Pulp on the Sunday. Um, Silver Pulp wasn't a terrible format or anything, but I mean, if you're traveling to a city that I'm, you're not necessarily going to come back to, great. I mean, I'm glad I didn't play it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a wild format. Okay, so this is the format of the Sunday tournament. Five rounds of Swiss, whoever just does the best in the five rounds of Swiss wins it. And then there's just a draft down of prizing, which um, he originally had 25 prizes, but then only 27 people signed up or something. So he just added a couple extra prizes so that people could, everybody could have something. Um, it was Silver Pulp, which is wild because the XDPS Colossals are legal in it. But also, it wasn't just Silver Pulp. You could only play two by two maps, which, if you have a Dark Phoenix on your team, is a very good thing for you. <laughs> mm. uh, and the entire silver, the entire silver watch list was banned. So it's been a long time since I last talked about the silver watch list. It hasn't really changed. They haven't really done anything except ban ID cards off of it. Um, so it's still pretty much the same. The silver watch list is still mind-boggling to me because it includes some things that totally should be on there like wendigo for example so you couldn't play wendigo in this tournament because it was on the silver watch list great i'm okay with this um the giant both giant girls are on there for some reason the fast forces giant girl this makes total sense to me uh that said not actually legal for silver pulp because of the weird the symbol has to be the same as the set for you to be able to play the fast forces in it I don't know why that's a rule in pulp, but it yeah, is. I, I, I always love. Horses. <laughs> I like I like aesthetics and talking about them, but I don't like when I ha when set symbols actually matter for gameplay. That's yeah. Dumb. I don't yeah. know why. Just like all fast forces aren't legal in pulp, it doesn't. And like all the new ones are, but like old ones end up not being. It's weird. Um, but anyway, you can't. Because the new sets are weird. much more expensive than fast forces ever were. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, that. Giant Girl wouldn't have been legal anyway because it's on the watch list. You have like both Proteus's or maybe just the 10.1 uh, is on the watch list. So you couldn't yeah, play that. Yeah, Proteus is legal and also very good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that said, there's also Moira X, a figure that no one has ever played. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 75 point figure that has to be hit like five times to die or something. And like six. Six. Yeah, and I mean, like, yeah. her stats aren't good. She doesn't do anything. Nobody would play this figure even if it was legal. Why is it on the watch list? I don't know. When they built the watch list originally, they, for some reason, thought that Don't Die would be a problem in Silver and just put a bunch of Don't Die stuff on the watch list. But Don't but Die has... To be fair, ID cards did used to be legal, so... Yeah, I mean, that's true. But, like, that style of Don't Die, where, like, the figures don't actually do anything, has never really been good. So I don't know why they thought it no, might be. No, Moira X would never make an undying. Yeah, figure. right? Like, play Lockjaw over here. Sure, why would, yeah. Lockjaw on the... And Lockjaw originally wasn't on it. He did get added later. But when they originally released it, it was like, Moira X is on here and Lockjaw isn't, which just made no sense. But then the watch list doesn't include 
like ridiculous colossals like Surtur and Dark Phoenix. <laughs> and I don't know why not. Why would you put like 10 point Proteus on there, but not Surtur or Dark Phoenix? I don't know. Anyway, the yeah, watch list of wild. This documents. is why if I was running Silver Pulp, I would do nothing bigger than a peanut base for this. Exact yeah. Reason. And I think that would have made sense. Um, but anyway, the, the actual effect that no watch list had was that you couldn't play a Wendigo on your team. That was basically it. Uh, uh, or 10-point Proteus, I guess. That's a good figure. People probably would have played it. Um, that said, uh, the fact that there were all of these little rules for this tournament meant that a few people did run into issues building for it. Uh, I know one person brought a Wendigo and then realized when they got there it wasn't legal <laughs> and had to swap it out for something else random at 15 points. Or I think actually they might have just played a 285-point team because they didn't have anything. Like, uh, it was slightly unfortunate, but, uh, I mean, generally banning Wendigo from your format is probably a good idea, so not a bad thing. Okay, so this is what I played. Uh, I played 75-point 2x2 Exodus, Cyclops Sentinel, Blue Marvel, Dark Phoenix, 2x2 Magneto, Peeper, Stepford Cuckoo, Mary Jane Watson, and Astral Doctor Strange. Um, Astral Doctor Strange is literally here because, like, my entire team is ranged attackers and I had 15 points left and there wasn't that much to do for 15 points. So, why not? Uh, this team was very interesting. Um, it was one of the few teams that ended up doing pretty well that didn't include uh, Sinister and Moira, which um, is obviously the engine of the non-silver pulp teams and I thought would still be pretty good in silver pulp but I didn't actually think would end up being quite as broken as it still is um my theory was that like I can just pulse wave them with my exodus and that will also uh kill dark phoenixes because it has precision strike um that never ended up happening but it could have <laughs> the other theory of playing exodus was that uh if I chose the right number it was really hard for my team to get pulse waved um and because I had full map reach, as long as people didn't pulse wave me on like turn one, I was totally fine. The problem with this was that I forgot that Falcon is a figure. Uh, there's the 50 point rare Falcon that like has super carry. He can carry things that share keywords with him and then they can still take costed actions. So he could just get through my Exodus's exclusion zone and then they could pulse wave me anyway. Um, and that's what happened in my second game. I just got like my Exodus, my Cyclops Sentinel, my Blue Marvel, and uh, I think my Magneto died to it and something else all got pulse waved on turn one. And all of those figures are so much worse on click two than they are on click one <laughs> that I just like had no actual play after that. And then I retaliated with Dark Phoenix and uh, rolled a six and a one and my opponent had a Sinister. So uh, it crit missed immediately and died. So that was good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that game was a mess, but I won all of my other games. Um, the, the team felt pretty good. Uh, it, there was a lot of reach on it. There was a lot of uh, attacks that I could make. And um, I I faced one person who was playing Nimrod and Onslaught and just like managed to kill the Onslaught on turn one and then just slowly pulse wave whittle down my opponent's team. My last round was against somebody... Uh, who I put like all of my paparazzi pugs in their face because if I uh, if I TK'd Mary Jane and then used Magneto's place her next to herself thing, my paparazzi had full map reach. So uh, they just got to go base my opponent and my opponent 
actually had to kill the paparazzi because they couldn't get out of their starting area, and then I just got to retaliate on them with Dark Phoenix and kill like their entire team, which they did not feel very good about, which was totally <laughs> fair. Uh, Dark Phoenix is a pretty broken figure. I think they had two figures left after turn two or something. It was um, it was quite something. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a fun little event. Uh, the the Moira Sinister stuff is still probably too strong for the format, and uh, I think they probably should have when they banned Professor X, banned Moira, but they didn't do that for some reason. Um, fortunately, she's rotating out of Modern Popper, uh, modern Pulp, and nobody plays Silver Pulp except for this one tournament, so it probably won't come up that much after rotation in the fall. Uh, yeah, it ended up Isaac won, I came second, and uh, John Hafford and Ed rounded out the top four. So Isaac and Ed top four back-to-back tournaments on back-to-back days, which was pretty cool. Uh, and then Emily came fifth, but, but she made it to like basically the finals match against Isaac uh, and then just lost that and didn't have enough points. So she ended up not quite making the top four. But it was a, it was a fun time. It, it was an interesting tournament. I don't I don't think it's like a very good format necessarily, but it was an interesting one to build for for this one specific event. I I've just never been a pulp fan. Um, even modern pulp, I just don't really doesn't catch my attention. I'm kind of on probably the not popular vote, but I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, I sort of like the concept. Uh, the execution, the fact that everything comes down to like Blue Marvel and and uh, Sinister and Moira mirrors means that I don't actually like that format much in practice either. <laughs> I'm hoping game design catches up to that format because uh, this is uh, not a game built for it clearly. So yeah. Yeah, and like Old Popper wasn't a format I really liked either, so not much different. Uh, I thought including rares was probably an improvement to the format, and I still kind of think that because there's just more interesting stuff, but uh, it's definitely going to get better once Moira isn't there anymore. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, that brings us through all of the actual events, and then Jay and Emily and I drove home and got bagels, which was a great decision. Uh, that's still my breakfasts. <laughs> and uh, got stuck in traffic for a while because the highway was closed, and but it didn't extend our trip too much. Got home. No, not, it wasn't so bad. Got home before midnight, so, you know, it wasn't, uh, wasn't too terrible. It, the, the drive it was better than the drive on the way there because I left here at, like, oh, God. 4 a.m. or something. in the morning. Yeah, that was too early. I picked you up at 5, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We wanted to, like, hang out for the day in the cottage that we'd rented, with some friends uh so we left very early on the way there but uh yeah it was yeah so we early. were yeah we were all there and settled by noon so we had like the day yeah um all right any uh last minute any last stories anybody wants to tell about canadian nats any rulings that were interesting jay uh honestly oh. not really like jabin's team had the question of well, what if the paparazzi right. lose the shield tier ability after being given the power action. And I was like, there's no reason why it would stay. So, yeah. Yeah, that because, that's true. Yeah, because they don't obviously don't have the Avengers keyword. So if they break adjacent to a Spider-Man and they lose the you know, team ability immediately, um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's I a thing. I, I, yeah, there's just a lot of annoying questions with Spider-Man, like, because uh, if you, like, break adjacency, but then become adjacent again, you have to, like, rewild card. So. And are you allowed to because you've taken that? Well, it depends if you took not. the action that turn or the previous yeah, turn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that figure definitely. I can see causing some rules questions. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Like the Plastic Man thing I mentioned already in that, but like it was kind of... I'm not complaining, but like I just expected questions about terrain and stuff. I don't know. Right. Yeah, but, I mean, I did notice some people playing the effect terrain wrong. Um on the Saturday, you have to place that five squares from your starting area, and I, a lot of people don't know that. Uh, I didn't know that until I played a practice game against Emily, and she said you have to place that five squares from your starting area. So, <laughs> uh, something to keep in mind. For which the trains that that have the printed stats on them or the, the, the yeah the oh. ESD lava and uh, whatever the third one is. The chain, yeah, the chain one gives ESD lava. I don't know what the other one. Wait, maybe there's only two. I don't remember. Anyway, yeah, those ones. Um, yeah, anything that has a card with it that describes what it does is not uh, normal terrain or special terrain. It's effect terrain that has slightly different placement rules. So that can be relevant, but you have to have read yeah, the card to know it. Rule coming up again is weird because now we're not placing objects anymore. But, but yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's like a new thing added to the comp after the release of that type of terrain. So, well, uh, technically no, because special terrain was already a thing that existed. No, no, but it's not so. special terrain. It's effect terrain. It legitimately yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, um, I mean, they maybe should have just reused the special terrain rules, but they didn't. Uh, they made a new, a new category. Um, yeah, so that was interesting. Uh, I guess last thing to talk about is just uh, there's worlds in a couple weeks. Um, Funny story to the, tell before we get to this. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. So the uh, the guy that had a really hectic – so my plane leaving Canada was at like 7 in the morning, which I found out is not a good idea because you have to leave your hotel super, super early. And the guy that picked us up from the airport when we initially got there gave us our business – gave us his business card and said, call me if you – you know wherever you want to go, I'll take you wherever. So I still had the card in my pocket, but I thought I'm not going to worry about this because I can just get an Uber from the hotel. So my, I had to leave my hotel at like 3.45 or 4 o'clock, keeping customs in mind because I was told that was a pain in the rear end to go through. And so I had two different Ubers cancel on me when I'm trying to get them from the just the Uber app. They, they accepted it. They're on the way. Then they canceled. So I was like, well, crap. So I had to call this guy at the wee hours of the morning. Luckily, he picks up the phone. And I'm, I tell him the story, and I'm like, please come and get me because I'm stuck here, and I don't have a way to get to the airport. No Uber is picking me up. And luckily, he woke up and came and got me and took me to the airport. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. But uh, I was almost screwed and had to almost miss my flight because um, I couldn't find someone to pick me up. And then when I get to the line for customs, they let me go around the humongous line and just go, like, skirt to the front. Don't know why. I didn't even have to wait in the huge line. Nice. So I, I don't know what I did. I just they asked me if I had a, if I was a U.S. passport. I said yes. They said go this way. I followed the truck and it went all the way. I guess the probably line. everyone else was Canadian passport and it's different lines it or something. Had, had to have been that because I was like, wow, I just missed everybody. That's cool. hey, that's nice. <laughs> so wasn't complaining, but uh, I was running almost late because of my couldn't find a ride. Well, glad you got there in the end. I, I did and, and made it back. So. Glad you're not calling us from Montreal still. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah so uh last thing is just there's worlds in a couple weeks uh how prepared is everyone feeling you're gonna just play the same thing caleb you have uh any ideas yeah the the only thing so i i've when i first played this team in texas i had um i had scrappy doo and i had um what's the war machine on the sideline never brought in either of them um so i've now taken both of them off and just put more moe chases because i figured i would use them more and then i have destroyer prime the the debate was, do I go Destroyer Prime or Absorbing Man? And I just feel like um, Iron Man or the, the um, Destroyer Prime just does more um, than Absorbing Man. And so I stick with. Yeah, makes Destroyer sense Prime. to me. But the, yeah. the overall team will be the same. It'll, I'm not changing it. Yeah, I think I am. I don't know what I'm playing yet. I, I, I liked my team, but it just had some like medium matchups. So I don't know whether I'll play the same thing. I'm going to test something else out soon, which is a like animals demon and armor hybrid, because the biggest problem with animals is that it's way too easy to kill for like opposing carnage surfers and stuff. So if you can play a demon in armor on it, then uh, maybe we've solved that problem. So I'll have to test it out. And also, I mean, the other biggest problem with animals is that if you face a, a prime Spider-Man, you kind of just lose, <laughs> which is not ideal. Um, so, you know, it won't be a theme team anymore, but uh, I'm hoping that it's just like a, a better offense version of the team that I played at Canadian Nationals, which um, should be a little easier to, to clean up some of the problematic figures before they have a chance to become problematic. But we'll see whether it actually works. I haven't tested it yet. Um, yeah, my mindset is if I was almost on the Prime Spider-Man bandwagon, but it's either you play Prime Spider-Man and then you can run into a mirror match and it's whoever can yeah. kill, the, you know, kill each other first with you know, whose Prime Spider-Man can beat the other Prime Spider-Man, or you build a team to beat Prime Spider-Man, which is why I landed on what I've landed on, is that's the figure to beat, apparently. Yeah, I don't like playing mirrors either. They're just weird feeling. <laughs> um, yeah, I spent a while trying to, like, build the Mirror Breakers Prime, Prime, uh, Prime Spider-Man team, but I, I didn't find anything I was super happy with, so sticking with uh, something else. Uh, I tried out a... Uh, like three apocalypses team for a while because that beats prime spider-man pretty easily um but i didn't like it very much it just like doesn't do that much outside of beating prime spider-man and it's only like a 75 percent chance to blank every prime spider-man attack which isn't 100 <laughs> so sometimes you miss and, and die uh and then it doesn't have the like offense to make up for the fact that it's not perfect defense so uh, i decided to yeah you get up those five points per pog you have to be able to KO stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's all I've got. I, that was my last thoughts. Perfect. All right. for work. I think Not too much changes and ready to see everybody. Yeah, and uh, looking forward to seeing what the meta looks like after rotation. It'll be a weird one, I think, but, uh, you know, don't have to worry about that for Worlds. All right. Thanks for oh, coming on, Kill. Wait, Scott Porter available next yeah. next week for purchase. True, uh, and that does mean that it won't be legal for uh, for Worlds, which was a question for a little while. Um, that might have put me back on pure animals if that if uh, <laughs> if he became legal because that figure is very good. Um, I mean, both of them are very good, but the white even just the white shirt one, if the black shirt one wasn't legal, the the pulse wave with knockback that doesn't hit your own team is. Uh, sort of exactly what animals needed pretty good like i mean one of the main problems with the animals team was that 
like if you ran into Apox and stuff, you just couldn't really attack them. So adding a pulse wave with knockback is the perfect thing to deal with those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You just pulse wave knockback them and then pick no uh, no invulner whatever they have on their last click and poison them to death. Like that would have been pretty good, but not legal, so it doesn't matter. All right, I think that'll wrap things up for today. I uh, want to thank our patrons for helping to us to uh, bring you this podcast without paying out of pocket to do so. Uh, you can join at patreon.com slash jsaclicks. Join at the $1 tier and just help support it a little bit so that we don't have to pay. Uh, we have affiliate links for Podbean in the description. Uh, we have all the usual social media. We have some affiliates. We have Raina Adams as Happy Little Hero Clicks with her own YouTube channel and Patreon. Aries with Dishing Up Clicks with Facebook page and Patreon and uh, ClicksNexus.com. And also uh, nice to see uh, Dial H for Hero Clicks. They're doing some really cool stuff for coverage at Worlds this year. So looking forward to seeing all of that. They've really helped me keep up with competitive Hero Clicks the past couple of years when I haven't been traveling to events as much. Watching their coverage and all of the standings that they post and stuff has been really great. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you make sure you have fun the next time you play Heroclix, whether it's competitive or casual.